things that happened during past month, maybe since January, has disheartened me a little bit. Again, I really like here, this is my home, but sometimes I really get cold and feel maybe I really don't belong here, maybe I really have to get back to my home, but I just try to be more rational and not to rush to any conclusion. Welcome to My First Day. I'm Andrew Bracken. Looking for a new challenge in his field of electrical engineering, Mohammed Farazian left his native Iran and arrived in San Diego in the early 2000s. He came to get his PhD at the University of California at San Diego. Having chosen UCSD blindly after seeing it on a list of top programs in his field, Mohammed, better known as Mo, came here not knowing much about San Diego or the United States. He first flew to LA where he was met by his aunt. From there, they drove down to San Diego to begin his new California life, which he tells us more about here in his quiet, contemplative tone. Here's Mo Farazian telling the story of... My first day. I arrived in San Diego in La Jolla around 7 a.m. It was a foggy day and it was really scary. I said, oh my God, that's so depressing. I'm gonna live in this like, gloomy weather for four or five years. How can I survive? Little did I know that as soon as probably 8, 9 a.m. is gonna be sunny and San Diego is the sunshine capital of the United States. <laughs> I arrived a little bit late. I missed the orientation. I, I had to catch up with everything just to enroll for classes, meet my advisor. And one more important thing was to find a place to live. Any person I talked to or any vacancy I found while I was in Iran were gone because of my late arrival. So we spent a good portion of that day just finding a place to live. I found only one place. There's a family that uh, they were subleasing one of their rooms. Their daughter went to UC Berkeley, so they had one available room. I met them at about 4 p.m. As soon as I walked there and they opened the door, I saw there were six cats and one huge shepherd dog, I guess. Actually, I heard the dog barking when we were walking in front of the house. It was... A big challenge, I never lived with pets and so many in a like tiny condo is a little bit overwhelming. I never experienced that, living with six cats and one dog under one roof. At the time I was growing up in Iran, it wasn't very common to have pets. So at the beginning I bailed, I said no, I'll find another place, but I couldn't so I had to come back. and. They were really nice people. They said, you can stay here for a couple of days until you can you see if you can get along with this dog. The first morning that I woke up, I woke up, everybody was gone. So I noticed, oh my God, I'm going to walk out of the door and there's a big dog outside and I don't know what to do. I had one bad memory when I was a kid. I guess I was playing around the home and I was chased by a bunch of stray dogs. And it was one of the security guards or somebody walking there and found me a three, four year old boy that is just chased by dogs and he just rescued me. I have that bad image or memory from childhood that the dogs were chasing me and they were going to catch me and I don't know what would have happened if the security guard was not around. That has stayed with me for years. 
I, I tried to be cool. I walked out and went to the kitchen and the dog followed me to the kitchen. I started to have my breakfast and he was just looking at me, gazing at me and and I felt maybe I should feed him. He's hungry or wants something and I fed him some bread and he liked it and I kept repeating that and he was taking that bread. So it went on for a couple of days. And one day I was talking to Joni, I said, well, I've been feeding Chan some bread in the morning when I'm having my breakfast. Is it fine? And she said, no, it's not good for his stomach. So you should feed him some treat. And they gave me the doggy treat. And so the feeding continued, but different food. <laughs> and over time, within a couple of days, actually, we made a good friendship. <laughs> and that was very interesting that I could get along with that. I remember the day that I was leaving their house, I was moving to another place. I was really sad that I won't see the dog or I told them I'm going to come here and see the ch see Chance. And they said, OK, sure, come over. And I've been a couple of times. So that was an interesting thing about the first day or first couple of days in San Diego. At the beginning, I was missing my home and I was homesick. So I started to have some dreams that I suddenly left and went to Iran. And in the middle of the dream, I was seeing myself in our home in Tehran and suddenly realizing that I didn't inform my PhD advisor at school or my friends that I'm leaving or I'm not there. And it was scaring me that I left uh, in the middle of what I came for, which was doing my PhD, and it was really a scary dream. So first time that I woke up from this dream, I was shocked and was trying to realize where I am. And after I figured out, okay, it was just a dream, it didn't materialize, I said, it was a relief. Slowly, the nightmare subsided, and Mo began adjusting to his new life. When I arrived in San Diego, I found it a cozy town and like when I say San Diego particularly, La Jolla and UCC campus, I found it very peaceful, very cozy and not, like a nice village. It was interesting to see like students coming to school on flip-flop or shorts and back home at school we used to be more formal, especially professors. So that was interesting. I never saw that before. <laughs> and one good thing is just being exposed to so many different people from different cultures and with different schools of thought. That has taught me a lot of things and this is one difference between my life there and here. I lived here for 14 years and I have job and I have my home here. So San Diego is definitely like a home to me and I found this city very welcoming. So San Diego is a home to me. But I was born and raised in Tehran and a significant part of my life, youth was spent there. And more importantly, my immediate family lived there. And one more thing is that I, I think that's a city where I fell in love and my wife is still there. I'm waiting for her to join me.
It was in one of, one of my trips to Iran that somebody told me about her and introduced us. So I didn't have too much time, but I just met her and we had some conversation. And later we continued talking uh, on the phone. And I felt good connection to her. And I found some values and qualities that I like in her. So later on, I went and we got engaged. And it was last September that uh, we got married. It's hard to fully tell Mo's story without mentioning the events of the 2016 presidential election and all that came with it, most notably President Trump's proposed travel ban. There's little doubt that national political affairs have added real strain to his new marriage and uncertainty as to where he and his wife will be able to build a life together. Right after I became citizen, I applied for uh, her visa. So it's been in process. It's been a little bit slow, partly because many cases are backlogged, partly because of travel ban that delayed a couple of applications. And now we are waiting for her interview appointment for U.S. visa. She's also a bit disappointed and she's always asking that's funny, it was when Trump was running for president and she wasn't even yet the GOP nominee. And it was the first time that she, he said that uh, he's asking for complete shutdown of Muslims. And she called me and she was crying. Your next president is not going to allow us to move there. And what should we do? What are we going to do? And I was laughing that he won't even be a nominee of the Republican Party forget about president, but I don't know, she had a sense. And this has affected our application because as a result of that, many people had to reapply for their visa and their visas were revoked. So there has some ripple effect and slowed down. That could be one reason that we still haven't got our interview appointment for her visa. Things that happened during past month, maybe since January, has disheartened me a little bit. Again, I really like here, this is my home, but sometimes I really get cold and feel maybe I really don't belong here, maybe I really have to get back to my home, but I just try to be more rational and not to rush to any conclusion. After settling into his life here and his career as an engineer, Mo began to feel like something was missing. And so he began to play music, guitar specifically. Exploring his love of blues music and more experimental sounds, he and a friend formed a band, Eminem Blues. I always liked music, and I was, but uh, back home I was mostly listening to Persian traditional music. Uh, when I came here, I started to listen to a wider range of music, and it was a noise to begin with, but over time, I developed a taste for sometimes people say edgy music. When we started Eminem Blues, we were trying to play traditional blues or 12-bar blues music. So it was two guitar and a lot of crazy things inspired by blues. It was a very good experience. I don't think I would have done it when I was in Iran. After being asked to be the opening act of an experimental guitar show at a local club called Soda Bar, Mo talks about Eminem Blues' first show outside of their UCSD bubble. 
as well as what music adds to his life. So it, it was a very good turnout. Sotobar was full. I never saw so many people at Sotobar. And it was a little bit, it was the stage anxiety. I never played outside UCSC and it was in like sort of an external venue or a real venue. And everybody was looking and I was worried, oh my God, what if I mess up? And they dimmed the light so I couldn't see like the notes that we had. And I asked, can you turn up the lights? I need some light to read them. <laughs> I look at music or the time I spend on it as something spiritual. It's, it fills a lot of gaps, I guess, in life and then it energizes me. I'm proud of all those adventures. And how does Mo feel about dogs now? Oh, I really like dogs now. So in my last trip to Toronto, I, I was staying with a friend and he has a big dog. So one friend was traveling, so he was, I was taking care of that dog. And I like it, so one day I may get a pet. <laughs> Thanks a lot for joining us on My First Day. To hear more, you can subscribe at Apple Podcasts, NPR One, or whatever app you like. If you enjoy the show, a review is always a big help to us. You can also find us online at kpbs.org slash myfirstday. If you have a first day story you'd like to share, please do. You can reach us at 619-363-5032. That's 619-363-5032. We have a little voicemail line there. You can also email us at myfirstdaystories at gmail.com. My name is Andrew Bracken. My First Day was produced by me for AB Squared Creative Group. Music by Chris Curtis, with a little help from Eminem Blues. Support for this program comes from the KPBS Explore Local Content Fund, supporting new ideas and programs for San Diego. From KPBS, Melanie Drogseth is Programming Coordinator, Nate John is Innovation Specialist, Jill Linder is Programming Manager, and John Decker is Director of Programming. Thanks again for listening. See you next time. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I.